Welcome to B-Movie Breakdown, episode number 247. 247. 247. Baby. We're 247. We're on our own in heaven. What? That's what the mom of this movie said. That's depressing. That is depressing. I just like some of this week's movie is a little depressing, and sometimes we we go deep, uh, go deep and dark and sad on this podcast, but then fun and lighthearted at the same time. Yes, because this is the B Movie Breakdown. It's a weekly podcast. We find the humor and enjoyment in awesome and awesomely bad films of the past and present, home of the good, the bad, the what the fuck. Each week's movie will be revealed on a prior episode so you two can join in on the madness. We do that at the end of every episode, so make sure you keep listening for the very end for the next movie. And we'll let you know where you can find that movie as well. Sounds like a threat. Yeah, it is a threat. Wow. Because I'm Corey, and that's Nick, Uh and we're threatening you. No, we we are not. You. We are not threatening. Better. Someone is. Subscribe to this podcast. Everywhere you get podcasts is where you can find it if you're listening. And you well, can reach us somehow. on social media at B-Movie Breakdown. Reach us via email. If you have a movie you want us to watch or you made one, bmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We've reviewed many movies in the past. We have reviewed many movies. Submitted by sub- many major movie studios. Many major movie studios. It's true. it's true. I wish feature films for families still existed so they could send us movies. They might send us the whole catalog after this review. This yeah, week. and then just keep calling you. Well, I mean, I'd give them a fake phone number. Mm. Of course. They would know where you live. No, I'd give them a fake address. Just a drop-off location. Drop off this bag, this duffel bag full of movies. Mm. Do you live on... Well, they're going to know what planet you're on. This is true. They'll they'll, they'll track me down. Mm-hmm. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer donates to uh, PBS to get like the tote bag. Yeah. But he doesn't actually pay the money. So they send PBS after him. It's like Elmo and like Big Bird and like... That's too good. And Homer uh, flees the country because he's trying to get away from PBS and tracking him down. Anyways, Nick, do you have some things you want to plug before we get to this week's lovely film? Well, I would just offer you the opportunity to follow me on Instagram at Scatterville Stories where I post many illustrations currently relating to the other podcast I participate in with my good friend Zach, who plays in the Chicago thrash metal band Bloodletter. Check him out. Who will be going on tour this coming August, maybe even before August. Definitely August, though. Yeah, definitely August. So check out those dates. They're going everywhere. They're not even just staying in the Midwest, so check out those dates. They're coming up for him. That'd be cool. And then you can listen to Weird and Feared wherever you find podcasts. And if you happen to go to a show, you can tell Zach about your favorite monster because he's desperate for it. Well, not desperate. He craves. He wants. He's desperate. Desperate for uh, somebody to talk to while they're on tour. Nobody else in the band likes him. He's got to be by himself. A lonely drummer. And he desperately needs somebody to talk to. That's not the improv I was going. I meant he wants you to participate in Monster Talk with him. And I would like that too. Talk to him about monsters. That'd be cool. Monster Talk would be great. But yeah, everybody's doing stuff, so check us all out. Check us all out. This week's movie, you can find it in full on YouTube. It's the feature films for family feature known as On Our Own. It's the best of the worst.
Sometimes your mom is sick. Sometimes she's sick for a long time. Sometimes she dies. Sometimes your mom has three other children, including you. Sometimes you get taken to an orphanage because your dad is out of the picture. Sometimes a neighbor takes your dog <laughs> and promises to give it to a better home. When in fact, she was just stealing your dog. And then you're at the orphanage. And you are told that your family is going to be split up. And tomorrow, your youngest sister, who is maybe, what, three or four? Not very old. Yeah. So Well, she had to be at least four, because the dad had been gone for four years. Okay, so she's four, we'll so say. So she had to be at least four. Five seemed four too old, five. so I'd say four. So she's already got a family, when in fact, this fa- no, who has even seen these kids? We didn't see that if there was anyone taking a tour of these children in the orphanage. Right. So, you decide to make a decision. It's time to fucking get gone. And you steal your mom's Volkswagen, perhaps teach yourself how to shift with the clutch, because I don't think it was an automatic vehicle. I don't don't know if that was an automatic vehicle. And then you go on a cross-country adventure. Quarter country. (laughs) Not even. Maybe like like a little little quadrant. From L.A. to Arizona. Arizona. So maybe, what, three states? Nevada's in there, right? They they drove through Nevada. Yeah. So, I don't know. Then there's an adventure. Then there's an adventure. And then there's an adventure. And there's going to be an adventure. And That's because it. Because when things like that happen in your life, what else are you to do? I don't know. Your name would be Mitch, by the way, if that was you. <laughs> your name would be Mitch. Uh-huh. If You'd have were... a brother, Travis. Travis. You'd have a little sister. Named Lori. Lori. And then... Another sister named Kate. Kate. And a dog named Ralph. How do you spell Ralph? Uh, well, I would spell it R-A-L... P-H. So would the makers of this movie and the dog. <laughs> so, but little, so how would a little boy spell it? R-A-L-F-Y. Oh my God. Or I, Ralphie. Now this He was trying to fit it to be in the song Bingo. Yeah. Bingo doesn't work with R-A-L-P-H. R-A-L-P-H. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it exactly works. You would, you think he would have put R A L P H R A, or maybe like maybe if he would have said R A R R A L F O It's just it's five letters. like Ralpho, and you know just to add an O on the end. Oh sure, I see. You're a hard you're a hard O guy. Yeah, just trying to stick with the bingo theme, like the O theme. You know, instead he's like R A L F I. Giving those dogs a big O. Ralphie. Yeah, I mean. As he was saying it, even he lost interest toward the end. He was like, R-A-L-F-Y, and then, because nobody joined him, and he's like, I'm dumb. I mean, he's a little boy, but his little sister was smarter than him. This is true. She was. She knew what poop looked like. She knew what poop looked like, and he threw poop. I started off with a strict narrative, and then it's just, these are little random inklings. Yeah, I mean. Because why did I, what did I watch? (laughs) It's like one of the, you know, this reminds me of kind of. The manure the kid threw? Uh, no, just yeah. Weird shit. The movie by itself reminds me of there's the movie The Wizard, uh, from the ni- early nineties. Right. Starred Fred Savage. Yeah. And it's about a group of kids who go cross country. They, mm-hmm. They're trying to get to a video game tournament, and they yeah. run away from their from their dad. 
Yeah. Or like it's like their stepdad or whatever. The one kid's It's stepdad. a bad arrangement. Yeah, and they so they run away. It's a kind of a same similar thing. That movie's a little bit I don't know, a little bit better than this, but uh you know this for this being a feature films for families feature. Yeah, this is the V you get a VHS tape in the mail, then you put it in the trash. That's what you do with this. Well, that's what feature films for families did. Uh-huh. They, they would mail people I know. tapes. I got some of the Buttercream Gang shit. There were there's two of those movies. Yeah, I'm uh, sure I, I might even still have the VHS tapes. Uh, the fir- not me. The first one, uh, I will say now, mm-hmm. it is incredible. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing film. Uh, in which way? In, I you mean, love it? There's so many ways that the Buttercream Gang is just one of the most amazing movies ever it is it teaches you lessons like if you're from a small town and then you move to chicago Mm. it's gonna change you to be a bad person you're gonna join a gang immediately i feel we need these lessons today and then you're gonna come back to your your hometown and no one's gonna understand you and your old gang ways do you want to know what my memories of watching the buttercream gang are it was in my parents' old living room with old, like, 80s, 70s stylings, okay? There was a brown curtain. It was shut. For some reason, I was just watching the TV with the light off. And that TV was, a like, it was a giant set, but, like, a floor set. Everything was, like, built into the thing, like, into it, you know? Like, speakers on the sides, and it was just a, you know, TV. Like, a contraption. Like, it's just, and it was, you know, God knows how many feet thick. And I was sitting on a shag carpet... Next to, I think it was still a fire. Yes, next to a fireplace, and along the tile in the fireplace where the carpet met the tile, there was. A, whenever you put your hand by it, if you're playing with little toys, you get pricked by little nails because it was just, it was like a bad carpet job. Oh my goodness! So it'd be like poke, poke. So I would feel that occasionally, just in that room in general. But as watching the Buttercream Gang, remember a dark room with the light coming through a tan, musty curtain. And then this weird, the colors in the movie were, were like weird to me. And this is a weird feeling. <laughs> where like dust was in the air. The, and I was uh, just like, what am I fucking watching? I'm a small child. The, I want to watch a cartoon. The Buttercream Gang, I remember, I remember watching that. I always thought it, the name it, sounded sexual. I remember watching it at school. Uh, during recess or something like when it was too not, you couldn't go outside and play. Right. Type of thing. We would watch a movie. And, or I remember watching the Buttercream Gang at school, which is kind of weird. I'm thinking about it because there's a little small amount of religious overtones in that movie. Just small because there's like this priest that's like the baseball coach who's kind of creepy, and which is weird because this movie had a lot to do with the occult. Interesting, <laughs> strange. Uh, but it's funny. I, lo- I was looking up. I don't know if these t- first two movies are feature films for families. Maybe they are. Maybe they somehow had a big budget for a few movies. But feature films for families. Feature films for fam- four Fs, huh? Yeah, four Fs. But the when you go on IMDb, somebody made a list of uh, feature films for families. Yes. The first two movies, one of them being Hoosiers, with starring Gene Hackman. Okay. A very famous movie. And the other being Space Camp. Uh, not as famous movie, but still great. One we just should definitely watch for the podcast is Space Camp. Okay. Uh But I didn't realize that those were feature films for families. But then you have, like, Buttercream Gang... Uh, Rigoletto uh, is one that I don't know what this is about. Things are not going well in the Depression-era town of Castlegate. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, I'm able to find... 
Rigoletto. Another one that I did not know was a uh, feature film for families, because I swear I remember watching this on Disney Channel uh, quite a few times, was The Paper Brigade. There's a movie with the kid as their, you know, they have their paper route. I think I saw that. And there's a crazy old neighbor played by Robert England of uh, Freddy Krueger fame. Well, that's horrifying. I do remember watching that one a lot. But other than Buttercream Gang and Paper Brigade, I guess, I really never saw, I never owned any of these feature films for families. I know people who uh, mentioned after me bringing a Buttercream Gang, like, oh, we were sent those movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I got mine. It just came somehow. (laughs) Propaganda. Yeah, my wife, she remembers uh, fondly Buttercream Gang and Rigoletto. They would watch on repeat. These free films. Because I think the idea was like, here's your free sample, sign up for more. Yes. Call this number, get more. So, going along those lines, I found this article about how feature films for families was slapped with a hefty fine for telemarketing calls. Yeah, U.S. Dis- District Court ordered pre- order prevents Feature Films for Families Corporation uh, of Utah, they're based out of Utah, from engaging in, in oh. deceptive and abusive telemarketing practices. Mormons? The courts imposed a $45.4 million fine. Wow. Are they behind all the robocalls now? <laughs> Is it Feature Films for Families? You want to watch Buttercream Gang, the remake? Yeah, dude. They Once they had your address and your phone number, they would send you a movie. And the, if they knew that you got the movie... How'd you like the movie? You want to take a survey? Yeah, they want they want you to keep buying the more feature films for families. We got a lot more movies where people die and there's sad kids. You want to watch these? No. And they're always all sad. Like... Just yeah. in time, Mark Moses is Michael, a husband who lost his wife in a car accident and now has to take care of his daughter, Lily. That doesn't seem like a problem. He's just raising his daughter. I, uh, oh, The Witching of Ben Wagner. That sounds fun. Oh, man, the more more cult, the better. <laughs> Though I do, uh, as much as, uh, you know, there's so many more feature films for families... I do really one day want to be able to find the sequel to the Buttercream Gang. I might have it. It's a it's a movie that I. It's like. Have you never seen it? I I've ne- I've only ever seen the Buttercream Gang. If I found the VHS tape, would you watch it? Yes, one hundred and ten percent. Okay. Because it's called uh, the Buttercream Gang in the Secret of Treasure Mountain. I may have that. And. Or I may know how to get it. Is my point. There's also, they were like really big on Great Depression here in uh, the Feature Rooms for Families. There's one called Split Infinity. A teenage girl learns of learns the importance of family unity after falling from a hayloft and going back in, the, in time to the Depression era. So she fell off a hayloft and then went back in time? <laughs> what year did she fall off the hayloft? In 1992. Okay. You know why? Because the greatest generation came from the Great Depression. So that's why, you know, they want to tell all these stories. You know, people, you know, olden time stories. Don't worry, we'll get to have more stories from the current Great Depression in a few years. There's also one called No More Baths, which uh, looks like this uh, old... Is it about bath salts? No, it looks like this old black man, Jake, lets children play at his home and tell stories of his role in the civil rights movement. A developer wants to have elderly Jake evicted from his home to increase real estate value, so the kids decide to go on a bath strike. Hmm. 
<laughs> like, I'm on their team. I'm on their team, but I'm also... I don't know if that's going to help. I'm going to say I'm also not on their team. Why? Because, like, Jake, what's his deal? He's black? I mean, not that. Like, kind of creepy, right? Let's children play at his house. He's just this old black man. It's like... Yeah, because they're not... I mean, he's just an old man. I shouldn't say black. It doesn't matter that he's black. He's just an old, creepy man. No, but they're also... Why is the place evicting him? They want to evict maybe the only black guy in town to raise property value? Hmm. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that I'm at sure all. It ends with a good... With a happy ending. It's a, one of these feature films for families. They all end in happy endings. What would be the happy ending here? Jake gets to keep his house? Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. That's not how it works. But, I mean, I almost, like, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like what's the deal with the old man letting all the kids play at his house. He, I mean, he might not be doing anything weird. Seems weird. He could just be, like, hey, come hang out my house. I got, I got, you want to watch the fucking Buttercream Gang? Come on, hang over, guys. You want to hear me tell my civil rights story? Sit on my lap. Hey, you want to help? Hey, I got, I got this phone book. You want to call everybody in town and get them to buy more movies from me? <laughs> You're hearing a scam here? Well, no. I'm, gl- I'm glad we, we were able to find another feature films for families. Are you glad, though? Film. Does it make you feel uh, glad? Yeah, because this one is definitely, it's very heavy. You know, right off the bat, there's a mom that's dead. You it, see her getting taken away in an ambulance. Yeah, it's also not as boring it, as I thought it but would But it be. really starts off with a woman, old woman on a phone, and you don't know why. You don't know why. It almost starts, she's on the phone for like two minutes, all of a sudden then it cuts to credits in an ambulance. You're like... I was like, almost yeah, thought that what? that was like, was that part of another movie that got like clipped in, like a trailer to something else that got clipped in? Well, I thought in? the old woman was in the ambulance and it was like her words over her own demise. <laughs> and I was like, yikes. Yeah. But then you just find out, no, the mother of four kids died. And you get to see her room with get well soon, mom. And like that didn't happen. Mom didn't get, soon, didn't get well at all. No, she didn't get well. And she was... Uh, a survivor of abuse is what it sounds like. Well, you found out. You find out, mom is actually a fucking hero. Yeah, because you think that the dad left these kids four years ago and so abandoned it's like, the family. It's like, woe is me, pathetic, blah blah. But eventually, after this raging adventure, I we had set up earlier, you find out no, mom got sick of alcoholic abusive dad, and was like, boom, we're out. We're out. Good luck. Shithead. Yeah, good luck finding us. Yeah. There's no internet yet. Yeah, you can't. She even said that to him. Yeah, she's like, there's no internet yet. You have no way to get to us. He's like, what's the internet? And she's like, maybe one day you'll find out. I won't, but I know it'll be a thing. He's like, ask Sandra Bullock. She's like, and he's like, who's Sandra Bullock? He's like, find out. Speed, bitch. Yeah, I meant because, remember that movie she was in? What movie? The Net. Yeah, I wouldn't forget. That's it was, why I mentioned it. Yeah, it was a USA show for two seasons. I think we've discussed this before that mm-hmm. I never saw the TV show. I didn't even know it was I a TV I liked it a show. lot. I liked it a lot. I knew it was more of a TV show than a movie. That's how much I watched that show. And then when it got canceled, I was sad. I was like, oh, I was going to get more net, not anymore. What was that on? Like 96? I mean, it was a good, had to be. It was a good year for USA. <laughs> I mean, USA's always been great. They always throw things at you. I mean, they're giving me the purge now, man. They do whatever yeah. they want. I feel like, but they're going on like season like 25 of Suits. Yeah. It's the final season, but I swear like I five years too. ago, I thought that it was too. the final season of I Suits. I thought that too. I think they le- an actor left and they decided, they thought it was going to be the final season. They're like, I will keep going. And then they picked up Katherine Heigl somehow uh-huh. into that mix. Well, isn't one of the, isn't one of the, 
isn't the uh, one of the princesses now? And she was on Suits, wasn't she? That yes, was her. she was. And then when the she, when Meghan she, Markle. I didn't watch the show, but when she left, like the guy she was with was like a main character, so he had to go too. So then like, they, they thought it was just the end. So they just took him out. But I, I, I wouldn't, I thought it was just me losing my mind about seeing that. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, we watched USA enough to know sometimes. Right. Like, what? I thought like five years ago it was over with. Yeah, this final season. <laughs> I swear I remember somebody who I knew watched Suits. I remember telling them like, oh, aren't you sad Suits is going off the air? And did they agree with you? Like, yeah, I am sad. And then just kept going. Yeah, it just kept going. For them, I guess that's good. Yeah, I'm happy if you like the show, it's still going on. Yeah. I've heard it's not as good since all those people left. I don't know. It never looked good to me, but... I mean, you can... Is this one of those shows where, like, you get jacked in and then you like the characters you, you just keep USA's watching? USA's weird with its, like, original programming. No, USA's always great, man. Like, uh... What was that one Bruce Campbell was on? Uh... Burn Notice. Yeah, Burn Notice was good. I watched the first few seasons of I that. watched the first season, and then I kind of... Well, it turns out Bruce Campbell was, like, the ultimate bad guy in it. Oh, was he? Uh-huh, so I'm like, fuck. Well, because he's his best friend the whole yeah. time. The whole time's like, who burned me? Like, I'm on the run. And he's oh, going to, he was the one He's going to Bruce, him. evidently. But, like, every season would be, like, he'd get, like, closer. Because one time it was, like, Cylon chick, and then it was somebody else. Because that was back when Bowser was big. So, like, yeah. first season, she was like, then he finds her. And then it's like, she's like, oh, no, I'm part of it, but it's a bigger conspiracy. So he's like, fuck, I gotta go deeper. Then he finds somebody else, and it's like, no, but the conspiracy's larger. As it, they tell you episodic stories. I remember they did a... It was I a, could be wrong. Maybe it wasn't Bruce Campbell, but I swear I had heard that. They did a fake game show on SNL one time, and it was called What is Burn Notice? You get burned. <laughs> you see age, like, you get found out. Right, but there was like the sh- it was like a whole joke about the show, like what is the what is burn notice? That's I mean, those I get those and, jokes, but just fucking watch, you'll find out. It was like a funny little game show because like the people couldn't answer the question. I mean, they, they, just they watch the f- they couldn't get yeah, the just watch the right. fucking show. You just pick the show to pick make fun of. Just whatever, man. It's a good action show for a while. It's true. I just didn't. You know, it was, know how that was can... before a DVR. I wasn't. I couldn't yeah, tape things. Right. That's the same reason so like, that I kind of fell off too. Was uh, then it's missed a few episodes. Like, well, fuck. Well, I guess. I guess, I, guess that's, I guess that's done. I guess, you, guess you're done. Yeah. I don't know how we got started talking about USA Network. Easy. We don't need to backtrack. You can rewind the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, but uh, on our own, yeah, it's you can find it in full on you on YouTube. Uh, how did we talk about USA? I don't... What did you do? You did it. You did We're it. We're talking about suits. Okay, you gotta go farther back in the conversation we just had 20 seconds ago. Weird original programming, burn notice, Bruce Campbell. Uh, suits, that's how we got there. We started, I mentioned suits. You mentioned USA Network. I don't what? know. Was this a show? Was this movie on USA uh, at one point in time? Could have been. I don't know. You mentioned. Man, why do you do this? You did this. This is what we're supposed to be talking about. Oh my god, we're supposed to be talking about a man, a fourteen-year-old boy who keeps stealing cars he and does, vehicles. He steals two cars and a bus. Man, he was this close to taking a plane. He steals gas. Uh-huh. I wouldn't doubt if they stole food at some point. They were gonna steal food until his brother won the jackpot at the thing, but he was waiting in line with like a bag of groceries. They just left. Well, he they had a dollar twenty five, and <laughs> so he what was he buying? Yeah, was... we do need to mention though they started off with nine dollars. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, when to which they bought gas with once, mm-hmm. and then a slew of sandwiches. 
<laughs> they did go on a sandwich spree. He bought all those sandwiches from the gas station, from the convenience store. He did. Uh, that look like homemade sandwiches. I mean, you can you can buy those at the yeah. store now. You can. Like it's just a sandwich, like in a thing. It looked like straight up like a yes. homemade sandwich. Uh-huh. And she pulled it out of the paper bag. Right. Not in a bag. Well, they unwrapped it. It's fine. Beforehand? Yeah, sometimes when I want to be real sad on my lunch, I'll buy some of those. It's like, here we am. This is what I'm doing right now. Eating a homemade They're... sandwich that was bought in a store. <laughs> Probably pretty good, I guess. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, it tastes just like a sandwich, like yeah, cheese and turkey, a, yeah, and just like they're not expensive. I mean, right? I mean, God, like if I buy one nowadays, it's like a dollar something. So I can only imagine how much sense they cost in nineteen eighty whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how we got talking about USA Network, but with, you know, we could stop the podcast, just rewind it, and listen maybe to it ourselves. Maybe had something to do with Peggy's mom. Or, because, uh, like, that, well, that was we weird. We don't talk, this... we'll get to, that's, we gotta say the, the, the Yeah, very well, end. I mean, it starts off that way with her, though. We don't so know it's weird. Peggy's mom. We don't even know who this old woman is or who she's talking to. Not yet. I do like how we can, we don't even, the first time we hear Peggy's name is her mom talking to her on the phone. Yeah. And then we're like, who the fuck's Peggy? Then it cuts to Peggy, like, oh, okay. And, and right away, way, though, when she, when they showed Peggy and the, the phone call kind of caught up to... Not caught up to because it's in the future. The phone call is in the future. A lot of things are but in the future. The Peggy being there and on the phone with her mom in the past, like kind of catches up, and I immediately felt like, okay, well, Peggy's gonna be the one to, to uh-huh. adopt them because she's the one on the phone in the future telling the mom. So I. But that's okay. It's I, okay to know that. Yeah, I can't. But that's why I kind of feel like the uh, mom on the phone scenes kind of buried the lead. They do until it ends, man. <laughs> the ending is no. Like, see, it ain't, the see, ending is a mind not, blowing. We're not talking uh, about that yet. We're not going to talk the, about that yet. Yeah, you gotta save it. You gotta save it, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna save it. It's, it's you gotta definitely, save it. it's definitely out there and quite insane. I mean, I wish I had something to knock over when I was watching this. I just I, I threw my notebook. You did. That's the room. true. You did react that way. You did. That's true. <laughs> I threw my notebook. You did. You did toss that. That's true. You're right. So there was, yeah. there, you know, there was... Least, good, I'm glad someone showed someone more. I just had my hands in the air. What? Are you serious? Uh, I think I do think, though, one thing we noticed right away in the beginning in the credits was that there was a character named, quote, Uncle Jack. Uh-huh. Which we didn't know if that was going to be, like, this weird creep character, like, uh, Uncle Jack, or, right. like, family friend Uncle Jack. Right. Ends up being family friend Uncle Jack. Correct. So, makes sense that it was in quotes. Uh, also bearing bearing a lead right away. What? Introducing the Uncle Jack character? I mean, just like putting Uncle Jack in quotations in the credits gives away that, like, he's not going to be their uncle. I mean, sure. I mean... Not for any that, children a, watching this. That's a way to interpret it. And uh, obviously a little, little tease, but later on, I do have some reviews from this movie because, uh, from IMDb, there are so many people that fucking loved this movie growing up, like... Love. You know why? Because little kids, you just throw shit in front of them, and they like it just because they're watching it. Yeah, but feature films for families like did something. It, like again, it's a psyop. It, it was almost like uh, it's a CAA shit. Yeah, putting it in people's brains. Maybe all those kids are being activated now. Maybe you had to watch like so many of these movies as a kid, and then in thirty years you'd vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't know. See, well, see, I as a kid was only saw Buttercream Gang. Uh, well, I guess I saw Paper Brigade. I only saw, I might have seen Paper Brigade. But, I might have seen three of these things. But, so I wasn't fully activated. No, well, you weren't. No. But I, w- I was activated by a gnome named Norm. Yeah, it's a different That problem. was a different activation mm-hmm. uh, being sent out to certain, very, very specific children 
feature films for families had a wider net. They, because they're sending that shit in the mail. They had such a wider net, they got fined four million dollars. Forty-five. Forty-five million. Forty-five point four million dollars. Because they, so that killed the company, right? Yes. Because <laughs> you're, they're just like, how much are you worth? Oh, that's what you're being fined. You're dead now. Oh, all right. <laughs> take, take all of our money. I mean, honestly, were they really making much anymore? And the. Like this was like around like 2010. If, if they if they were able to pay back 45 million dollars, did they actually pay or did they just kill the company? No, it killed the company. Yeah, so they couldn't pay it. No. So it's just like we're dead. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> it's a mercy killing. But they were also like it said they were like uh, harassing people on the phone and stuff. I believe that. Not even just like you know normal telemarketing calls, like abusive mm-hmm. harassment on the phone. Like what? Do you have an example? No, it just said it said the word abusive. But how would, so what would you say abusive was if someone was just calling, like, well, you gotta tell me about your fucking movie now, I'm gonna kill your fucking family. Order my fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. Films for fucking families, you fuck. You better fucking love it. You don't like it? What did you like about, oh, Buttercream Gang, not a cool title? You're not, you know what's not a cool title? The title of your fucking house. I'm gonna take it from you, you little bitch. I'm gonna shove Buttercream up your ass. Well, I mean, that's, that is abusive. Yeah, I'm gonna churn your butter. Like, what does that mean? Speaking of uh, butter? quick, the Buttercream Gang. I hate saying it's a stupid name. I hate saying it out loud. Well, remember there were also those movies, the Apple Dumpling Gang? Those were like Disney movies. I remember watching those in school as well. Those were like 70s uh, era, like Parent Trap, Apple Dumpling Gang. Those the wonderful world of Disney movies. Uh, real quick, though, there's a movie called Mystery Team. That is uh that was put out by the dudes from Derek Comedy. Uh, Donald Glover was one of those uh, guys. He is was he started the uh, Derek Comedy, and is in Mystery Team, and it's a movie yes. that is that is like one hundred and ten percent like an influence. Buttercream Gang was better was Buttercream Gang based on three kids. They're in like high school, but they never grew out of that like. Sure. Solving mysteries in the right. town. Type of thing, you know. So, just want to mention if you like, if you remember Buttercream Gang and how absurd that is, in in a more serious way, watch Mystery Team. Mystery Team's very, it's a a very good movie too. Mystery Team's hilarious. It's great, but it's a good film too. Yes, it's It's not just silly. It's like good. No, it is. It's good. Mm. It's good. But it's um, watch watch Mystery Team if you if you like Buttercream Gang or have any nostalgia for that. Get, Get you know get on that. Uh, but we find out real quick, you know, obviously dad sucks. He sucks big time. We don't find out dad sucks quick. We just know he's gone. Well, he left. He left. And oh, that's hasn't, true. You're right. You know, we don't know contacted how contacted sh- in four right. years. So we assume he just did. Yeah, him. he did. So we do so think he's shitty. We right. think he sucks already. Right. Come to find out he sucks because he was being abusive and then I was in jail. So, right. uh, and then the kids, unfortunately, when their mom dies, we, you said this while we're watching it. The mom couldn't have put anything into place. She was just sick. Put Uncle Jack on the thing. He clearly was like sympathetic towards Contact them whenever they is... when they find him. Yeah, you know he's upset to hear that the, the mom died. Right. He's like, "Where's Louise? Knows her? He hasn't seen her in four years." But the way time goes, you know what I mean? Like that's not a long time. Like right. not really, especially four years. No, is, that's nothing. So like, oh shit. Yeah, and he was obviously 
more friends with the dad, so maybe that's why there was no contact by the mom, like, oh, you know, Jack was your dad's friend, type of thing. But obviously Jack knows the, the you know, the the woes of Sam's life. Right. Do you like how they gave the mom and dad names at the very end of the movie? Uh-huh. There were, we didn't know their names no. until that point where they go to visit Uncle Jack. Where's Louise? Oh, Sam's in jail. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it lasts like 20 minutes. Not that we even needed to know their names. It's not important. It's, it's, not... it's good to humanize them. But I mean, I don't... I mean, it's just like the, the fact that these kids were in no situation. There was no other relate. Like there was no one around. Which, well, but sometimes there is no one around. Well, which I guess is the point yeah, of the story. Yeah, there. That's it, the point it, of the story. It happens in life. I'm no, sure. No, it really does. And I mean, if that is your situation, I'm not making light of it. No, it's just. And, and like all they had was like the neighbor lady, and she couldn't take them in because like because she just, just wanted to steal a fucking dog. Well, she just wanted to steal the dog, but it's just their neighbor. She had kids of her own. They're living in like a small apartment. Uh-huh. It's clearly like not an ideal situation for her. No. Uh, especially to get four more kids. Right. You know. So maybe they could have kept renting out the other apartment where those kids lived, and they could have just lived in their own apartment. What if this movie was called "And I Thought Your Parents Were Weird"? <laughs> <laughs> Mom's dead. Dad's in jail. And you thought your parents were weird. <laughs> what? What if this mom came back as a robot? Oh my oh god, my. dude. That's the sequel. The mom comes back as a robot and is upset that Uncle Jack has adopted these kids with his new woman, Peggy. She comes back as the AI in a plane. The AI in a plane? She actually just possesses planes and dives them into Jack's houses. Oh my god. <laughs> got real, Poor Jack. Got real scary. Jack seemed like a nice guy. He had an unfortunate, shitty girlfriend with a really shitty son. Right. It had to be his girlfriend. Yeah. So he's already signed up for a, a babe with some chicks. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I'm, I'm going to say kid. <laughs> Kids. And it's just one kid. Yeah. He a sucked. babe with a kid. That kid sucked. He did suck. And he's, he was not, I mean, we're, we're talking more about Jack because that's how we end the movie. But like Jack is barely in this film. <laughs> he's barely, yeah. He's, he's, he's the MacGuffin. He's, they go on an adventure to find Uncle Jack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on this journey, they get they sent to the orphanage where there is an awful nurse. Uh, orphanages and movies are meant to just look like the worst places. And I'm sure a lot of them aren't great. Considering the circumstances, for most kids, being in an orphanage is not a also, good scenario. Also, no matter, I'm sure, severely underfunded. Yeah, most of them are. And I'm staffed sure. by assholes who are probably underpaid. Yeah, and I know a lot of them are religious based, like uh, churches have orphan- orphanages. And I don't, I know that's how movies portrayed it back in the day. Well, in the back in the day, I mean, what always religion, comes, man. What always comes to mind is two movies sure. uh, The Blues Brothers, yeah. they're from an orphanage that sure. was a Catholic orphanage. Yeah. And uh, then the the uh, problem child. That kid is at an orphanage, and it's a Catholic one. All the nuns want him gone. The the um the nurse in this movie or attendant, whatever you'd call her, was making was cracking snide comments, snide remarks about how they won't even find families if they're lucky. Yeah, if they're lucky, they've been causing such a ruckus. There was one little kid jumping out of bed. That's all he was doing. Right. And like, and they just got there. It's been like a day. 
I mean, I was making some ignorant comments about this woman, but she might need to find some love in her life or something to, like, relax. You know what I mean? Like, just take the edge off a little bit. Yeah, she's a, she's out of control. And uh, even when the kids are breaking out, she's, like, you know, making snide remarks about what's what could be possibly going on. Right. She's just... She's not good. And then almost all... Kind of... Not really, though. He's just doing his job with the lawyer... He's just doing his job because, I mean, he's just doing his job. Yeah, but if he was, he seemed like a lawyer appointed for the kids, for the family. He was. Like, he couldn't have done anything to find them anything. No, man, he only works on the clock. Just go, you go, here you go, you're in the orphanage now. Oh, Lori already has a family within a day. Somebody really wanted a also, four-year-old kid. Well, also, think about, like, okay, how many other cases is he on? Right. Like, did, let's True. let's be realistic here. Like, he's probably got six other families, so it's like, yeah. I and and how many kids has he have he has he helped to better homes and yeah. families? So he's like, you'll find places, you'll be okay. And unfortunately, you might still see each other. Might. And unfortunately, with kids with large families, uh, when you if they have to go into an orphanage situation, foster home type thing. I mean, it's something I know zero uh, about. Pro- I mean, they're probably going to get split up. I'm sure. Yeah, you're gonna probably not going to find too many people who are going to adopt four kids. Which is why it's rough. Unless you could go to like a foster home type scenario. Uh, it makes me, you know, Shazam was a movie that was recently came out. Is he in a foster home? And he's, yeah, it's like a part of the thing. But he goes to this home where these two people have like a plethora of kids. It's like, that's their thing. They adopted a bunch of kids. State, state usually pays you money for the kids you have. Yeah. So they have, but, but that's, that's like their family. It's like all these kids and they make it, you know, work. And it's like this, it's almost like a, you know, a sitcom type scenario. Sure. There. Uh, it's funny. Speaking of sitcoms, this is how tangents happen. <laughs> We'll go like, back real quick. On a wild but ride. We, 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 we've been discussing some uh, family matters related things recently. Did you know he was in? Uh, but the the dad, Carl Winslow. Okay, good. Reginald. Yes. Uh, can't remember his last name. He recently mentioned that he would be down for a family matters reboot. Do you? A la like the Fuller House type scenario. I'd be all about that, man. It would make lots of money. He wanted because I guess it's been mentioned for some. Uh, Warner Media has that new streaming service coming out called HBO Max, and uh, it's a good thing that they're doing. He was in Avengers. Did you see that? Avengers, which one? Endgame. He was in a deleted scene. His scene was one of the ones that got put back in when he got re-released. Oh. I saw him in like a cop uniform with like a gray mustache because he's obviously an older man yeah. now. I was like, what the fuck? I read a whole article on it, good old comicbook.com. Nice. He refused to see Endgame. He shot a scene that took a week to film. I guess it was a big extravagant scene. And then in the first version of the movie, it was cut out. So he refused to see it. No, he went to go see it. And then once it came out, he went and saw it, and he was, like, happy because he got asked. I mean, worked with the Russos. He even talked to them on the phone, like, personally. Like, they, they like, reached out to him, and he's like, all right, I'll be in your fucking blockbuster kick-ass movie. As a cop. So, no, he's... Plays, he's always a cop. Well, he plays Carl Winslow. It's the same universe. Or uh, whatever his character was from Die Hard. Die Hard. He's in Die Hard 1 and 2 as a cop. He's the cop that talks I know. To I him. wish it was the same character. I wish Carl Winslow was that same guy. He was just hanging out in L.A. This is pre-moving to Chicago. Yeah, or he was like, family. it was like a loan a cop or like they're understaffed, <laughs> so they called somebody in from Chicago because that's how police forces work. <laughs> I 
he just happens to get and a, a call. And a year later, he's still in L.A.? As, like, a, having a desk job? Because they, like, basically retired him. <laughs> Weird. But, uh... And then he goes back to Chicago where his son-in-law goes to space. This is true. <laughs> the, uh... Yeah, Avengers did it past uh, the the mark. It's the top grossing movie of all time now. I mean, they were that was gonna. I almost feel like Disney just bought a bunch of tickets. Just like, yeah, we did it. it they did it, and it comes out on Blu-ray in like a couple weeks, even because it was never out of theaters. And it's still in theaters, still going strong. <sighs> if only we could have something to just wipe gone with the wind off the fucking earth. Yeah, I mean that's with inflation. That's always gonna probably gonna be the top mm-hmm. one. Right? It says a lot about America when our two biggest blockbusters historically were Birth of a Nation and um, Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Can't speak about Gone with the Wind. I've never seen it. I know what it's about. I've watched it a lot of times. I've never seen it. It was on TV. I mean, it was. I liked it. There's always there's always a pan. There's In the beginning, there's a pan. I think it's in the beginning. I don't know. It's like a 16-hour long movie. I don't know what parts happen or what. But like it pans out. And it's like Civil War, like it starts like small and like there's like doing, um, this is a movie I haven't seen in probably 10 years, so this is over 10 years, like Wounded Soldiers. And it cuts back and it just shows like the Confederate flag flapping in the wind. The one y'all know, there was like 18 Confederate flags. It wasn't, this was the, the Tennessee battle flag or whatever. I mean, whatever. But like it shows like both troops like injured and it's always like, oh, they're just both fighting for a noble cause. No. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, you know who's fighting for a noble cause in this movie? Mitch and his family, uh, his brothers and sisters. They're fighting for a noble cause to yeah. stick together. And that's what it's this a mo- good cause. And that's what this movie is ultimately about. I'm on it's, Team Mitch. It's a movie about, you know, these kids don't want to be away from their family. You know, they, they're... This, this is all they have. All they have. And now they're going to be torn apart into separate families. And, and it's unfortunate. And uh, you know the the on the box for the movie even it says a film every family should see, just for the fun of it. It's not, it's not fun. That it's weird, tragic. It? Yeah, just hey, just you know, hey, you got a happy family. Watch this well, one. That the sucks. beginning of this movie is sad, and there are sad parts. It's but, super sad, but it is a fun movie for the most part. It's like a fun adventure, whimsical music. Your favorite whimsical. Yeah, it's a quest movie. Boop, boop. Yeah, it's a qu- yeah the music I love. Yeah. Xylophones. Yeah, no slide, slide whistles, but lots of xylophones. Yeah, lots of. <laughs> Anytime any sort of mischief or adventures ha- yeah. like happening, it's that same song. And when there's a montage of like traveling over the road, there are these songs that were written by the Osmond boys. Uh, I assume like Donny Osmond's uh, like. Younger brothers at this point, because he would have been at least in his like thirties at the in the or twenties in the eighties. I don't know. Uh, but it makes sense though that they did songs for this because feature films for families is based out of Utah. Oh, Osmonds based out of Utah Mormons. Uh, so it's all it all comes full circle there that they would be involved in a feature film for families. Is that why they get fined so hard by the U.S. government because everyone hates Mormons? Yes. Is that why? Yeah. We were out of Illinois, you know. I say we as in the historical people who used to live in Illinois. I didn't personally run Mormons out of Illinois. Oh, I thought maybe you did. I did not, no. You were just really anti- They had, uh, they had like, they settled here first, and then, like, the people in Illinois' past, like, burned down their towns. You were anti-Joseph Smith, isn't that his name? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. People just hate things. He that read are, the things. People just hate things that are different. Him and he's a pioneer, literally. He's an innovator. Yeah. He made up his own thing and it's still around. Yeah, he read the th- the scrolls. And, and only he could read them. They weren't scrolls. They were gold plates I, in the well, ground. You didn't. You said scrolls. Whatever. Hey, I've seen the episode of South Park. <laughs> the episode? I think they address it more than once. Yeah, but there's the episode where they, it's the entire story. Like, yeah. beat for beat. Yeah, it's the actual story. And it's like, what? Yeah, beat for beat. It's the entire thing. And I saw Book of Mormon on, yeah. uh, on Broadway. Well, not Broadway, but... DVD? No. <laughs> uh, live in the... Uh, in in the, person? In the theater. Yeah, so did I. So it's not Broadway. It's where they live in New York. No, it's... But Chicago broad, broad, Broadway in Chicago. Yeah, Clark Street. Yeah, sure. Just picking a street. State Street. State Street. There you go. I think it is on State Street, isn't There's it? There's a lot the of theaters the- over there. Theater yeah. District. Theater Street. Theater District. Yeah, I saw us uh, play on Theater Street. I saw us play on Theater Street. What did I do? <laughs> Have you ever seen a play before? As a first time, I went to Theater Street. Hey, I'm the Chicago guy. I saw us play on the Chicago and the Theater Street. Wow, that could, he got real. He got way drunk at the end there. Here's on Theater Street. Got a couple of beers. I'm turning into Mitch's dad. Yeah, got a couple. Trying to channel Mitch's dad. Couple of beers. Went to Theater Street and took my wife to Punch Town. Yeah, and I got her a Portillo's hot dog. And then uh, shoved it up her booty. Yeah, roast beef in her fucking mouth. Knock out a couple teeth. Now I'm going to jail. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. I got a chocolate cake shake and put it right up her fucking ass. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Dude. She's already got the uh, hot dog up there. Hey, it's a whole, it's a four course meal. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> she likes sweeter hot peppers. And Mitch uh, saw this. This is what scarred Mitch for He's life. Like, uh, he, <laughs> well, when the kids are in the orphanage, though, uh, one thing I wanted to point out, though, that Travis thought he was going to go to Russia. <laughs> he forgot. He thought he was going to be sent to Russia. He was going to send me to Russia somewhere. <laughs> wow, man. It's the first place. He was uh, the Red Scare, man. I mean, communism was a real thing. 88. Didn't the wall already fall by that point? I think it was 89. 89? Yeah. I don't know history. That's right. Um, You'll know future when we build a new one. (laughs) Though I do want to... What I was talking about before was the songs by the Osmonds. Yeah. Uh, They're fantastic songs. I I highly recommend looking them up on YouTube. One of them is called Goodbye Tomorrow. Fantastic, huh? Uh, It doesn't make sense really in the moment of the song because it's like a love song. Yeah. But I guess it could be about their mom, but it sounds more like about not loving anymore... And it sounds like about like if somebody broke up with you more so than well, their mom, if your mom, their mom died. did. Their mom did. Yeah, but it's a, it sounds like a love song between like a romantic love song, not a love for your mother's song. Unless they were romantically involved with their mother, which I hope. Well, not. I don't think that was that. Not go. That's not a good place to be. I don't like that. <laughs> I just said I hope not. Well, they saw that package from Uncle Jack. That's how they get the address to try and go find yeah. him. What if? Jack's whole plan was to make them his kids, and he sent their mom poison. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's insane. So then it looks like this complete chase, and then he gets to, he gets to literally swoop in. Wouldn't they find that in her autopsy? The poison? Jack had money. He paid off the police. Oh, he did have a lot of money. He, I mean, we don't know why. I mean, Drugs there were a probably. lot of cars at his house. Obviously, Drugs. he was having a barbecue. Drugs, probably. But I'm sure a lot of those cars were his, too. He, he sold, had planes, he had cars, he had horses. Uh-huh. He had horse cars. I don't I don't think we know that what Jack was doing. I'm gonna say not drugs. What I'm then? gonna say he's just uh in real estate or 
some sort of good thing. He did. He made his money in a good, hard-earned way. Just like Mitch, instead of stealing gas, he should have been getting a job to get money for their road trip. You know who I'm not on? Team Why well, I, I get there because <laughs> I think someone's a somebody is something. But Team Grandma, the whole time we're getting these little voiceovers, she is critiquing Mitch so hard. He's trying to fucking save his family. He would steal a car. He would. He steal gas. Why did he get a job to his, make ends meet? Yeah, his his didn't she said something about his, like his single mom or something about how his mom didn't must his his mom I guess is oh well, no his mom should have taught him better than that yeah or some shit yeah and then he's like I thought he was raising those kids on his own anyways when she was sick couldn't he have gotten a job yeah it's on the fucking run to find somebody who he hopes takes him in so his family isn't split up weird just yeah super the moral the moral critique of Mitch as he's trying to save his family on the run right what and you do whatever being, you can do and you're being told this as a story right so this already happened it's, yeah like what are you judging your future uh grand adopt uh, well, yeah you know you get there we'll get, we'll get there. there leave it alone we'll get uh, there well, 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 the, I, I just don't understand it's just a weird like he doesn't spoiler alert he never murders anyone no I mean, should we we should be judging the the old woman, the the uh, Peggy's mom, essentially the grandma, yeah, be, becomes, uh, for having dogs named Mingo and Jingo. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Jing Jingo Unchained, Mingo and Jingo Unchained. Not touching that. They're getting off the leash. Not touching that. <laughs> That's your own little crap you can stew in over there. What do you mean? The dogs are off their leashes. Uh-huh. Yeah, the dogs are. Yeah, Mingo and Jingo. Don't like those names. How's Mingo and Jingo doing? Those are words. Peggy. Uh, Peggy by, Estes, by right? Peggy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that's her dogs. I don't know. I would else. hope that there's something. I hope it's well, just animals she owns. Cats? I don't know. Are you naming your cats Mingo and Jingo? I don't know, man. Maybe she had, like, turtles or fish or something. As long as it's not human beings. I didn't see... Yeah, I, hopefully not. She's like some little children locked up in the basement called Mingo and Jingo. I don't like this. We're not talking about this anymore. No, we're not. Uh, one thing I do want to mention real quick. I don't want to gloss over it. The kids, when they're on the run, because a lot of the movie is just them, like, driving in a car... And, like, you know, occasional stops. You know, Mitch falls asleep at the wheel, almost murders his entire family. Well, he was saved by a cactus. Yes, literally a cactus. They hit a cactus in the middle of the desert. It's nighttime, so you think, oh, thank God the car stopped. Good. He could have hit the brakes. He was so tired, he didn't know what he was doing. His sister Kate said, if you feel tired, you know, promise, you'll pull over. He's like... I'm okay. And the next thing you know, he's fucking Whee! wheeling and wheeling and dealing across the road, flies off, goes so far off the road, and hits a cactus. Well, the sun comes up, and what do you find out about this cactus? Where is this cactus at? What is What does the area look like around this cactus? There's a bridge next to it, and then they're to the right of the bridge, uh-huh. because why is there usually a bridge somewhere? It's a giant ravine. There's a giant ravine. There's a giant have- crevasse. The cactus is like angled outward, like pointing into the ravine. This is the and the cactus, the little their little tra- Travis gets out of the car and he steps like two feet and his sister's like get back because yeah he could fall down. It's right there. Mitch almost killed his whole family, and Kate does say something like she does. It's better to die out here than be separated. 
Yeah, like, Mitch's like what is you're just going to kill us out here? And he's like, shut up. He tells yeah. her to shut up. He does. Well, that's his dad coming out. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Wait till he gets some booze in him. Oh, no, Mitch, don't do that. Mitch was, had an anger problem. He punched a, punched that kid in the face. That's later. Yeah, I'm just but saying, right. though. Well, he went through all this fucking trouble, and then he's dealing with this fucking yuppie-ass idiot. He was a yuppie-ass idiot. But I, I do think, though... That they should have maybe initially explained things to Peggy. What do you mean? So, like, their paths cross with Peggy oh, once yeah. they are on, the car is crashed and she uh-huh. offers to give them a ride. Exactly. That's where and we, they meet, make that's up a where story, we meet Peggy. They make up a story about their their dad getting gas. and He's been gone for two hours. So she gives him a ride, but maybe just explain yourself because she seems like a pretty good and reasonable person. She stopped. could have... Uh, you know, even down the road, once you get down the road and you realize that she's actually a good person and nice, like... Be like, hey, my, we actually don't know where our dad is. Yeah, like, you know. We're, well, they do say that. They do mention, they don't. They say we don't know where our dad is. And just bring us to the next town. And she was like, I'm going to call the cops. They're like, don't do that. And they can't have the cops called because they're on the run from uh-huh. the cops. And... You know, like Mitch just decides to steal her car, this nice lady. It's a bad And move. he crashes it. It somehow gets fixed. Um, They keep driving it, and then that's why it breaks down later, why they had to get oh, the so ride was from the a, truck driver. So it did just... Yeah, it kept going for a little bit longer, and then it broke down. That's why yeah, they he, had to get a ride. He parks, and then this thing stabs through like the front of the car, and then it gases, it smokes, and then... They go into the place. That's when they win the money. And that's when Travis wins the jackpot. And that's when these two grunge punk fucks try to rob him for all their quarters. <laughs> for like $50 worth of quarters. It's a lot of money if you have zero dollars. Especially in 1988. Yeah, but who knows about these grunge punk Well, like you mentioned, types. they look fucking, they don't look like hard ass, they look like lazy idiots. Yeah, one kid's like wearing like a cardigan, like. Like, circa, like, uh, Kurt Cobain style. I'm a tough, cool guy. But he's almost like a goth Kurt Cobain. He's got, like, a choker uh-huh. and kind of, like, a goth hairstyle. Right, he's got point But they almost don't look like the types that would be, like, this, like, bully, punk bully type. No, it's like they try and sell him weed or something. Yeah, it's not like, uh, in Friday the 13th 3, there's, like, the punks that are in the grocery store, rock, right. mess with people. And those were the typical 80s punks that, yeah. you know, caused problems. Yeah. These guys, they look like not the type that would do this. But when they're trying to rob these kids, all of a sudden Peggy shows up with a gun. Yeah, it's a severe escalation. And it's like, what is going on? Peggy just has a... I mean, I guess she's traveling, uh, you know, across states by herself, you know, visiting reservations, getting souvenirs. Uh, Yeah. We really don't know what else she was doing. I know. That's about it. She clearly went on this adventure with these kids because she had nothing else going on. Yeah, she was just getting souvenirs from reservations. Maybe she was getting artifacts for her grandmother for certain things. I mean, who, I will who, talk about that later. That was her mother, not her grandmother. That's true. Her mother was looked real old. Yes, she was very old. She had Peggy later in life. She'll be a, she'll eventually be a grandma though. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, you know, and after that is when basically they end up making it to Uncle Jack's house. Yeah, it's true. Because like I said, a lot of the middle parts are just traveling on the road, uh-huh. explaining to Peggy what's actually going on. Travis, before they meet Peggy, Travis wants to live in abandoned houses. Yeah. He's, he's finding... Well, he, he finds a bottle. Then there's an abrupt cutaway. And he just cuts. He finds a cow skull. He goes, I found a bottle. Yeah. What? Here, here's a cut. 
I feel like that, a cow skull too. That right? wasn't in the script. That was just the kid roaming around as they were filming. And like you would see this. They're like, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. It works. Uh, when they are, but they go to Uncle Jack's house, and he's surprised to see them. He's he hasn't like, seen oh. them forever. He's like, how? Basically, how are you here? Like, where's right. your mom? Tell and me a story. Who's this woman, Peggy? Uh-huh. And obviously, this story is told to him. And as he's being told the story, his girlfriend walks in. Yeah, she's a. And she's, you kind of think at first she might be okay. Yeah. She's real nice at first. At first. And then once the story gets told and like the, you know, inkling that these kids might come live here possibly. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't have, oh, then if you're not really re- related to them, you're just a friend of their dad's. You have no legal responsibility. You have no legal responsibility. Because like, you're, you're not thinking about taking these kids in, right? And he just looks at her like, I haven't been in my fucking mind yet. Yeah, I haven't said anything I'm yet. I'm thinking you're about shit. You're just making up my mind for me and you're a piece of shit. And before this, he, well, he sees all these kids over here in need who seem to be decent. Her son, who we've talked about already, he gets into an altercation with the kids eventually, but he walks in bitching about gas for his four-wheeler. Yeah. Come on, Jack, I need gas for the four-wheeler. And he's like, well, take the kids to the stable and see the new horses. What about the four-wheeler? And then the mom's like, if you take the kids, I'll get you a surprise. And that's all we hear. And then she says something like, yeah, you just gotta know how to talk to him, Jack. That kid's banging his mom. Mom was pretty attractive. Well, there you go. That's cert. Welcome to the B-Movie Breakdown, where if your mom's attractive, Corey's okay with you banging her. Welcome to Corey's America. I'm not America. saying I would ever do that. I didn't say you were. I'm just saying kid. you're supporting. Um, wow, you jumped straight to what this... Are you sure? I'm just supporting their incest. If that's what they're into, I'm not going to hate on so them. So you're just like an ultimate freedom guy, right? Like, hey, it's your choice, dude. Welcome to America. <laughs> Get gas for the four-wheeler, which is a metaphor for banging your mom. If that's what they're into, what am I? What am I to be? Just I'm not going to stop. Guy, them. If that kid's mom, that kid's mom is his all-terrain vehicle. If if they're going to have want to have some like mutated babies, maybe or something, I don't know. They're I'll maybe, get you. We never find out what a surprise their is. Their kids might be okay. What is a surprise? It's okay. Jack clearly dumps her. Oh yeah. I mean, so they're, they're going to be banging for a long time together. They don't have to bang in secret anymore. That kid is just. He's Norman Bates. He's got blood all blood dripping out from his he's nose. Gonna his mom with Nor- poop on he's going to become He's going to become Norman Bates, a Norman Bates. I don't know if Norman was banging his mom. Nah, he's worse than Norman. I haven't watched that show, so I don't know. Maybe they do have a sexual relationship. At some his point. mom. You watch the movies. His mom's creeping on him sexually. Yes. Yeah. I there's know. heavy creep sex in there. But I don't know if they ever like. I don't like that hand gesture. It's an audio show. That's just for my benefit. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why you did hear you hear the noise it? of it in the in this in the No one needs to the hear speaker the speaker box. The speaker box. He calls your microphone a speaker box. No, they're what they're listening to it on. Speaker box. Oh. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that kid does get his ass kicked though. Mitch kicks his ass. Yeah. Well, with some help, though, Kate kind of holds the kid back, and then Mitch sucker punches him. Well, the whole point is he's being real snotty about who can feed the horse carrots. Yeah, he, he, only I can do it. And then Mitch is like, ah, fine, whatever. And he looks away, and then he pulls the carrots out and goes, I changed my mind. And like a fight breaks out. He's going to shove Mitch's face in horse poop. Yeah, it was like, you know, imagine like a movie where someone's trying to put like somebody's head in like spikes or like a, a dangerous th- or fire. Well, instead it was horse manure. But that's right. Travis throws mud at him too. Yeah, mud, sure, green mud. 
It's not. It's not any of the horse poop. Little his little sister knew it was shit. Yeah, his sister is smarter than him. It's it's quite sad. And then little little bitch boy walks back to see his mom. His mom's like, oh, and then she touches his back and like has all this crap on her back, on her <laughs> she hand deserves from his back. back. She deserves that. And then moment. Peggy's like, oh, I've been around horses before. Ye- I'm gonna call you shit hands. That's a, that's a direct quote. That's from the movie. Yeah, uh, I do. I don't remember that quote. Well, that's all right. This, the movie is wrapping up. It's getting close to being an ending. Yeah, the movie's wrapping up. You know, Jack, he he's going to help out Peggy to, like, get that's, them on the road. That's what he tells Peggy. Get them going with some money and things like that. But ultimately, Peggy's made with, left with the kids to eventually kind of get back to L.A. Uh, yeah, they, she's kind of got to... Well, she's never made for sure certain that she was going to send the kids back to the orphanage. To, and then leave. But she's taking them. She, she's Well, she has to. Right. You come to find out later on, they had to go back for court hearings and things like that for the process to go through. So even if she wanted to, to adopt them, she had to go through a process. Uh, but she kind of doesn't know what she's going to do yet. So they uh, take a, the a shadiest taxi I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Literally, if somebody just had a car and stenciled the word taxi on the side of the car. Basically an Uber. He was an Uber back and he's like, <laughs> I have a taxi. Oh, I can have a taxi. Just give me money. It's just a desert. I'll take you somewhere. Uh, how how much is on the meter? Uh, uh, he just my... writes it down on a piece of paper and puts it in the dashboard. Yeah, he's just like sixty dollars. Uh, but then at this point, though, is when Mitch is still weary about Peggy and trusting her because you know they got to do what they got to do, mm-hmm. and they see the car pull up. That's the lawyer and the cop. A Detective Poindexter. Detective Poindexter. By the way, we learn his name then. Yes. Way late in the movie. Yes. And Mitch decides to steal a bus. He steals a giant bus with a that was full of a bunch of retirees going on a cross country journey. It was it was an empty bus. Yeah, there's nobody on it. But soon enough, there was four kids and a dog. Yeah. And Mitch could have been one of those retiree buses. Well, all the old people were like, "They're driving. They're getting our bus." And they stood up. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch steals a bus, and it leads to a very anticlimactic car chase. No, man, it's fucking wicked. Because Mitch is ripping around this bus so fast, he's become an expert driver. He has driven so many miles. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you have to say about that? <laughs> that's all I have to say. He's just driven so many miles? He's driven so many miles that he knows how to drive a bus. He's learned how to drive a car pretty quick, but a bus, uh, I guess instantly he knows how to drive a bus, which is impressive. He's flipping switches. He flipped switches. He did flip switches. He got to flip the switches to get like, the bus going. He's like, I've got it. Yeah, he's got it. So a chase happens. Then they go, they're ripping by. Gets the attention of a cop. Skinny Bridge is up there. Midge is like, Brr! and then like he drives him off the fucking road. And then Peggy he hopped in. He almost kills people. They almost died. Peggy jumped in the taxi, quote unquote taxi. They're following. Everybody's going on a chase. And then you find out that there is a roadblock in front of the bus. Mitch is getting ready to plow through it. He sees it. And then what descends from the heavens above but our savior, Uncle Jack, in Uncle a plane Jack. who runs it, he runs it, who lands it in the middle of a road in between a roadblock and a bus. And then he gets out and he's like, that's when Mitch is like, all right, I got to break for planes. I break for planes. And then the whole conversation I happens. I mean, you gotta, you gotta break the plane. Whole conversation happens, blah, blah, blah. 
Jack's like, I'm going to take him into my custody, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we I'm like, yep, I'm going to take these kids into my care. And then there you go. And then there you go. Happy ending. Well, we the Jack ending is going to be, uh, you know, their new dad. Then which we, is great for them. We learn the conclusion of the story off screen via the conversation we've been forced to deal with between Peggy and her mother on the phone. How's that go, Corey? How's that go? Well, Set that stage. You know, the, the mom... Set that fucking stage. I only mentioned the occult earlier. Let's talk about this. The mom is, you know, talking on the phone. She was baking stuff earlier in the conversation. Yeah, she's baking stuff. But she wasn't feeding Mingo and Jingo. And she's, uh... You know, she starts playing with a uh, Volkswagen car. It looks similar to the one they were driving. Yeah, it's blue. She's kind of playing with a plane. There's a plane in her story. Looking like a plane. Yeah. And, uh, you know. There was a little dog figurine. little dog figurine. And then some children figurines. Some precious moments. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, she starts putting them on a cake. And we're you're like, kind of like. What's she doing? And so, so as she's telling, you know, as Peggy's telling her mom about, you know, what happened at court with like. Uh, Mitch has to uh, not be able to get his license until he's 18 for st- stealing the cars. Pretty light. I mean, honestly, it is fair. And he has to go work at the gas station for stealing the gas. Four weekends. You and, know how far away the gas station was from where they started their And journey? clean buses for mm. uh, stealing buses. For like a month. And some of the other kids have to do community service. 40 hours. They're little kids. <laughs> That's like slave labor. What did they do? Mitch was the ringleader. Right, and he was committing the... Cr- like, 40 hours of community service? Holy shit. For Kate and Travis. That's a, that's a week... Lori didn't have to do anything. That's She's a, four years old. That's a week job. That's a week, 40 yeah. hours? So, you know, and but the thing is, the grandma's saying most of this. Or the mom, Peggy's mom, is yeah. saying most of this stuff. So, like, how does she know about him getting 18, not being able to do it until he's 18? And Peggy's just kind of quiet. And Peggy's like, yeah, like... And then she's like... And let me guess, you and Jack are getting married. And she's Peggy's like, what? How do you know? Like, well, I'm going to be a grandma soon. Grandma's got to know. What? And you're like, what? And she's like, yep, and I'm baking. I just got finished baking your cake. So this whole time she's been on the phone with her, hearing the story. She knows it already. She knows, <laughs> she knows the fucking story. Knows the story, and then she says, "And let me guess, the next thing, Jack is flying here to pick me up. He's gonna land her yard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to get that cake. I didn't know you were baking. Yeah. So he's gonna show up to the wedding with two so cakes. He was gonna. So this. So say she didn't have these magical powers. She, but she does. She does. She has magical powers. Say she doesn't have these magical powers. Yes. Okay? If Peggy didn't tell her in time, this strange man pulls up in a plane <laughs> saying, I'm going to here to pick you up and take you to your daughter. Well, We're getting married. Honestly, this phone conversation was probably going on for eight hours. And so, like, Peggy just called to be like, yeah, Ma, I'm, you know, getting married is kind of last minute, but my husband, my future husband's going to pick up in a plane. It was meant to be a five-minute conversation. No, it turned And then it gets roped into story. a whole day. So then, just long enough... For her mother to bake this fucking cake and to throw it in her face. Like, I know everything, and you're getting a cake. And 18 precious moments figurines. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that Jack was coming. Also, you know what transports well on a plane? This giant cake I'm baking. <laughs> also, 
She predicted. She knew everything. She knew who Jack was ahead uh-huh. of time. Uh-huh. She already knew who the kids were. She's been waiting for. Has this? Had, did she have a premonition years and years ago? And she was been waiting for this moment to happen her whole life. Nope. Peggy's mom is just a witch. Witch mom. She's she saw the vision in her cauldron. Uh huh. Mingo and Jing are actually the gremlins she summoned <laughs> from a different dimension. They're her demon dogs. Yeah, they're her, her demon. They're her hellhounds, or her demon demonic source. Her demonic um, apprentices or demonic workers. She's connected to the occult. She's a witch. And it's funny. In none of these reviews, they talk about witch grandma. I see the yeah. Nobody mentioning how like. Just everyone just says how cringe-inducing the granny scenes are, and yeah, it is. But she's—we didn't misinterpret it, right? She has powers. She knows the future. <laughs> she knows the future. She's a psychic, or a psychic abilities, or something along those lines. I don't know where, how else to explain it. I got nothing, man. People just keep saying about the ending being forced and too over dramatic. And like how it's just like your stereotypical ending for one of these movies. Nothing stereotypical about this. It's like the happy ending aspect. I wish more ended with witch moms. I don't get it. Grandma witch. The climax of the movie has none of the character. It just has grandma revealing her powers. The whole movie is just set up like, yep, I know everything. And Peggy, did you know you're my 14th daughter? I'm a million years old. Yes, yeah, I've been here since the dawn of That's time. She looks like that. She's a million years old. Yeah, so she looks good for a million. Yeah. I was one of the first humans. Yeah, it's funny. Like, here, here, here's one. Like, there's so many 10 out of 10s for this movie. Uh, it's really too bad nobody knows about this movie. I think if it were just spruced up a little, if it weren't so low budget, I think one of the major film companies might have wanted to take it. I first first saw this movie when I was eleven and thought it was so powerful with many great yet illegal lengths that Mitchell goes through just to keep his family together. It inspired me then and it amazes me now. If you're lucky enough to find a copy of this movie, don't miss it. I thought it was gonna say it inspired me to steal many cars. My cousins and I have watched this movie ever since we were little. I don't know exactly what it is about this movie, but we latched onto its endearing onto this endearing movie. And has become a special part of our family's memories. Brainwashing. I totally and absolutely recommend this movie to anyone who likes good, wholesome family movies because that is exactly what this is. The things that the four kids get themselves into is absolutely hilarious to watch. What? <laughs> hilarious? None of it was really that funny. No, I mean, just... the absurd moments we talk about are funny, but they're unintentionally they're funny. They're not on purpose. It is an old movie, but don't let that fool you. This is one of the best movies out there that shows... Such strong sibling bond for each other. I mean, they do have a tight bond. Yeah. But I think we're giving it a little bit of a praise. This person says, best movie ever. Well, that's bold. The commenter before me stated this movie is one of, is the worst that was ever forced upon him or her as a child. I want to read that guy's review. Yeah, I need to find that one. I, yeah. see, I, I, have, I have to say that, though, that I loved this movie when I was little and still love it today. The movie has... The best running theme of all family togetherness. Considering the, the time period the movie was released, I thought that the movie was acted out well. I only wish I could still find a copy of it somewhere. Of all the 1980s films I watched as a kid, this was one of my favorites. I know I probably watched it at least once a week 
with my brother and my mom. I would definitely recommend it to anyone I know or don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What? So if you find a copy of it, I suggest watching it. It's a wonderful and heartwarming film. What? I like how this person says, yes, it is an old movie, but I still love it to this day. My sisters and I would watch this movie at least once a day. Not too many people know about this movie, which shocks me. One of my favorite parts, I have a lot of favorite parts, is when Travis finds the quarter for the slot machine, wins, and those guys try to take it from them, and the lady comes. I think her name was Pam, right? (laughs) Your favorite movie, but you don't know the character's name. She's writing this on IMDb. You can fucking look at the character's name. You can look it up if you don't remember. And saves them. This is one of her favorite parts, is that scene. Then towards the end, when they're at their uncle's, and in the horse stable, and he shoves that mean kid's face in the horse poo. That doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. <laughs> Just an overall great movie with a great way of showing how family should stick together. It's all you got in the world. This movie really hits home for me. Oh, no. Love, love, love. Did I say I love this movie? LOL. <laughs> I love it so much. I don't know a character's name, and I misrepresented a scene. This person says this movie is a great heartwarming movie for all ages. It'll make you laugh, make you cry, but it'll teach you lessons. Great for younger audiences. I wore my copy out years ago. It's one of those timeless movies you will want to watch again and again. These kids show what family means. They give you an insight to an often silent world. I guess that's kind of true. The silent world of uh, kids being placed in a foster home. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. But I love how this woman says, uh, or yes, this is a woman. She said uh, she wore her copy out. Or green mud. Okay, here we go. This must be the person that had this movie forced on them. Do it. Let's hear it. As a child, this movie was one of many family movies, line films, that were forced upon me by my parents. Even back then, I remember thinking this movie was terrible, and it only looks worse as an adult. Sure, sure, it's badly paced, badly acted, and all-around boring. But what makes the movie really offensive is the ham-handed way it tries to shove a moral down our throats that isn't upheld by the story itself. I think it is upheld by the story itself. Yeah, what's... what's, Basically, everything... Every illegal thing the kids do, they do because they have no acceptable alternative. True. Instead of placing the blame where it belongs, on the people who put them in such desperate situation in the first place. We get an infuriating speech from a random granny about the how the kids should know better than to break the law. Thanks, Betty Crocker. Hilarious. Parents, please don't inflict this movie on your kids. I'm never going to get those lost IQ points back, and they won't either. Bold. God, this guy really, <laughs> really. He took it personal. Yeah. Like really <laughs> Yikes. out of control. Yikes. Oh, who's it written by? Mitch? Yeah, Mitch. Him, Mitch wrote that The review. actor himself. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm Mitch, Mitch the character. Uh, Mitch the character, yes. He was able to, he was able to watch the film that he actually lived. Yeah, and then go on IMDb. He's like, fuck, she's on her stand, granny. Doesn't get my life. Well, he didn't like the granny parts. He doesn't like his new grandma. I mean, she is... He needs to like her because she's going to do some witchcraft on him. Yeah, he's going to... There's a movie where they fight. (laughs) Spells and shit. Mm -hmm. He's like the new Harry Potter. Mitch Potter. No, he just... She's going to do spells and he steals her car and runs her over with it. Oh my God. 
And then, like, when the wheel's over her head, he, like, spins out. And, Is like, that where the song Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer came from? Grandma Got Run Over by a Mitch. You're right, but they changed it to make it sound more nice and neat. Sure. They changed it to a Christmas song, a Reindeer. Yeah, Grandma, because what's... Yeah, it's a reindeer, because I would imagine Grandma getting run over by eight to nine reindeer, the hooves would look, it would be a massacre. <laughs> There'd be bloody footprints on, like, at least 12 blocks. Somebody should make a, on like a, a movie about that. This Grandma getting Based r- off a song. run over by a reindeer? Yeah. In this movie, is Grandma nice or is she a bitch and deserves it? Um... Because it can go either way. You can, I guess you could be nice, but maybe you could figure out, like, you know, like, they gotta go kill those reindeer. Yeah, maybe it's... They killed grandma. Maybe it's grandmas get run over by reindeers, and it's just reindeer killing grandmas for oh 90 God, minutes. insane. Rudolph is like, his his antlers have, like, grandma stuck on them. Oh, that's disgusting. You're ruining a classic. And then he's like... Classic song... We've talked a lot about classic songs, and you're ruining another classic song for me. We've talked a lot about classic songs, so that's how you're gonna go with this. Yeah, last week we did. Like what? I've been working on the railroad, and we had that song ruined for us. I'm not gonna have Grandma got run over by a reindeer ruined for me. Well, the ra- the reindeers aren't racist; they kill every grandma's grandma. Well, they don't judge based on well, race. I'm not about race. I'm just saying, don't ruin it for me. I want to hear about guts. Well, that's what I want to hear about. Gut, grandma guts. That's what ruined. I've been working on the railroad when we found out it was all. It's just a big racist. Yeah, well, diatribe. I'm talking about this being ruined for a different reason about grandma guts. Too bad, man. Rudolph's got grandma guts on his antlers. <laughs> God damn it! Now he is eating her spleen. Oh my! You're ruining it. Don't try to think. Why? Of what just happened to grandma? Why is that mud green? <laughs> Fuck <I> hate you. <laughs> well, uh, the movie on our own, you can find it on YouTube. It's in full. Cool. It's probably the only place you're going to find it. Uh, so you can watch it there and uh, see all the absurdities that we talked about. And next week on the podcast. What? We are going to watch. We're doing another podcast? We're doing another podcast. Are you kidding? We're going to watch our first ever. I don't like that. It's going to be the first ever episode. Are we doing what I think we're it's doing? the first ever B-movie breakdown after school special. I, I mean, what is that title? And the movie... Were, they, so in in the 80s, well, in some of the 70s, in the 80s, and then in the 90s, the, uh, ABC did these uh, after school specials. A few other networks kind of did them too, but ABC Great. was most known for them. This could be an entire shift... This could be, this could be a paradigm shift for our show. We could just jump into doing these if this one is as absurd as I hope it is. So the after school specials are a gold mine. I found this is this untapped well of uh, of absurdities, and uh, also an untapped well of absurdities is the uh, uh, what was known as when we were growing up more the Disney Sunday Night Movie. Uh, the wild, the wonderful world of Disney is what it was sure. also called. Yeah, there was also another version of this that aired on Saturday nights, and uh, the one that Saturday night one was like some life lessons to ones, okay. uh, some fictional. Sure. Uh, the Sunday night movies and wonderful world of Disney's were always like fictional tales. Yes. Uh, movies, uh, I've I've found there's a plethora of them. I remember watching some of them. Sure. But uh this one though, this is AB this is this is a not ABC after school, after school special, a 
BMB after school special. Okay. It is the day my kid went punk. I don't know what this means. What do you do when your bright, lovable, talented kid turns into a punker overnight? The Nelsons are about to find out. This sounds like it should be one of the best movies of all time. This is a, it's a 45 minute long. You know, these after school specials are, are short watches. You even did up a little logo already. Yeah. <laughs> you were, you were amped. Hot, you, the deep dive you took on this thing must have been insane. This whole, what you got into with I this I mean, I shit. was scrolling these after school specials Holy and reading the description. Shit. And just my, I literally like, my mind was just being blown by Holy some of the descriptions. Shit. I sent you a couple of them. You did, I know. They're absurd. I know. Some of them, I sent you the more absurd ones. Right. So obviously, there's some of them are more serious than just my the day my kid went punk. It's too bad we can't make B and B to stand for like something that means after school special, because the podcast could just totally shift until we knock all these out. There's a lot of them. I don't know if they're all available on the internet though. But there's over there's like 174 of these after I mean, specials. That's like that's not like two years, over two years, three. That's like almost three years worth of shit. No, that's like four years you almost. You just keep sprinkling them in until we decide to do go full force on the after school special, or it it could just be the ABC. Uh, I don't know because that while the Wonderful World of Disney is a whole un- untapped thing too. There's so many gems I've found in there. Oh boy, well here but we go. This is one of them. Alright, here the we after go. After school special. The first ever B-movie breakdown after school special. The day my kid went punk. I mean, give it to me. So I'm Corey. Yes, you are. And that's Nick. I am. Come back next week for more of the best of the worst. It's the best of the worst.